The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Former Fed Vice Chair and now PIMCO's Global Economic Advisor, Rich Clarida, joining us right now to give us his thoughts on, I guess, I don't know if it's a conundrum, Rich, maybe that's not the best way to put it, but this is a Fed that has made clear that that last mile down to 2% to a 2% inflation target was going to be a little bit bumpy. And I think we saw that certainly in the inflation reports last week. And we certainly saw that to a certain extent uh, in the minutes and the discussions that were had behind closed doors at the end of January. I think that's right. I, I think in particular, the phrase that jumped out at me, uh, Romaine, was uh, that most, they said most of the members uh, noted the risk of moving too quickly to cut rates. There was also a reference to some of the progress on disinflation may have been due to idiosyncratic uh, factors. So that skewed a little bit in, in, in a bit of a hawkish uh, a direction. Of course, since that meeting, uh, you know, we in the Fed have gotten the CPI inflation data, which came in very hot and a gangbusters uh, employment uh, uh, report. So as is often is the case, these are a little bit uh, stale. But my bottom line is maybe a, a bit more, a bit, a, a touch more hawkish than perhaps we got out of the chair's press conference in, in January. Are you convinced that where rates right now, where, where rates are right now, meaning the Fed funds rate, that that is indeed the peak? Well, you start with what they think, and, and, and they think it's uh, the peak, and the minutes confirmed that, and Chair Powell more or less said that at his press uh, uh, conference. So I think that has to be the baseline. Uh, you know, in, in life and in, and in Fed policy, there are risks on both uh, sides, and so you wouldn't want to attach a zero probability to the fact that they may need to hike if inflation moves up, uh, which which they don't expect and we don't expect. Uh, but yeah, they think they're done, and they, and they probably are done. Rich, talk to us a little bit about the role that the jobs market is playing in the Fed's decision process. So when they're thinking about growth and they're thinking about jobs and the sort of stickiness of the jobs market, is that the key factor here? While we're all focused on the inflation numbers and getting back to 2%, isn't it really about are we seeing enough jobs weakness to really justify a cut? You know, I think the Fed's thinking has evolved. Uh, the traditional macro model would say if you want to slow inflation, you, you got to see uh, at least some rise in the unemployment uh, rate. Uh, we have had a slowdown in wage inflation. Indeed, the employment cost index, which I think is the one they follow the most closely, has 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 shifted down into the high high threes. And so I think this is a Fed in particular. A lot, of, a lot of new uh, folks around the table relative to when I was on the committee. This is a Fed that is perfectly happy to have the labor market adjust uh, through wages and vacancies so long as it doesn't necessarily require a rise in, in unemployment. So I think so far that view has, has been borne out. And then how do you think they incorporate the signals from the market itself? Obviously, the bond market has been pretty frenetic around the last couple of months, pricing in for yeah. several cuts and now really contemplating maybe a hike. Do they care what the bond market is doing around these times? Are they a little bit concerned about the degree of volatility that has emerged in the bond market? 
You know, I think there, and, and, and I've pointed out to this before, uh, you know, there was a disconnect that opened up after the December meeting. At the December meeting, they indicated that most participants thought that three cuts uh, this year would, would make sense. And the market at one point was pricing in a six. Yeah. So since we got that hotter uh, CPI uh, and, and, and employment uh, data, there's a, now a pretty good alignment between at least where the Fed was uh, until recently and, and where market is, is, is pricing. So, you know, I think that's going to be part of this cycle. It's been part of other cycles. If you look at the record, you know, when the Fed says they think they're done, the markets will, are, will be off to the races to price in those cuts. So I think more or less this is part of what they, they're expecting. But, but I think there's a better alignment now than there was uh, after the December meeting. Is the labor market right now rich, the job market? Is that also aligned with that same narrative? It's moving in that direction, Romaine. Uh, I, I, I think they, they have pointed out, if not in the minutes, then certainly other times, um, that you know, wage inflation, you know, compensation is about two thirds of cost for many companies, is is still you know a little bit hot relative to the number that would be consistent with price stability. On the other hand, we have been getting some good news on on productivity. Uh, productivity now, even if you average through the pandemic gyrations, which were substantial, productivity growth is probably at the high end of where it was before the. The pandemic, and that's quite important. Unfortunately, productivity is hard to forecast, yeah. uh, but, but strong productivity numbers definitely uh, move in the direction they want. Well, I'm glad you went there because there's been a lot of concerns as to why we haven't seen a more meaningful shift in productivity, higher productivity, at least in past economic cycles. We're getting some of that now, but as you know, Rich, there's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and all the companies involved in that and what it could potentially mean for labor productivity and just the overall efficiency of this economy. I know it's kind of early, but do you see a promise that AI and some of the technologies associated with it could lead to greater productivity? Sure, there, there, there's that promise. Uh, you know, technologists think it, it potentially is at least as big a deal as, you know, internet connectivity and personal computing uh, was. And of course, that led for at least a decade or so to about a percentage point increase in, in, in productivity. I think it's too soon to tell, but but obviously, you know that that's a real possibility, and part of what stock markets do is try to value, you know, that that possibility. I think right now the the Powell Fed is really focused more on the here uh, and now. They've also benefited; the economy's benefited from an increase yeah. in labor force supply as well. So I think that's their focus. All right, Rich, got to leave it there. Great to talk to you, Richard Clarida, former Thank Fed you. Vice Chair, now Pimco's Global Economic Advisor, helping us count down to the closing bells. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.